Good morning and welcome to the Leaders Brief by Egomong. Today we will discuss Nigeria's NSARS campaign and why it is necessary for the entire African continent. We will then visit India where a state government and the federal government are facing public backlash over caste-based gender violence and finally we will talk about Germany's recent warning to Turkey. People held in the custody of the Special Anti-Robbery Squad or SARS, a federal police force under the Nigerian government, have been subjected to mock execution, beating, punching, kicking, burning with cigarettes, waterboarding, near asphyxiation with plastic bags, forcing detainees to assume stressful bodily positions and sexual violence. Amnesty International had stated in a report published this year. According to the UK-based human rights watchdog, at least 82 SARS detainees have been subjected to human rights abuse that includes torture, rape and extrajudicial killings in the last 3 years. SARS was formed by the Nigerian government in 1992 to tackle gang violence in Lagos, which at the time was plagued with violent crimes. Initially with 15 members, the SARS unit was created as a hidden undercover group that did not wear uniforms or name tags. The anonymity was considered critical to tackling the gangs that terrorized the streets of Lagos. But over the years, SARS grew into a unit that started terrorizing Nigeria's youth. Major allegations against SARS include robbing well-to-do young targets, extortion, and in some cases even rape and murder. Nigerian citizens, a majority of whom are under the age of 30, have been protesting against brutalities committed by the police unit for over a decade now. The latest wave of protests happened after a young man in Delta State, Southern Nigeria was allegedly killed during a stop and search operation on October 3rd. With a sizable diasporic population in Europe and America, Nigeria's NSARS campaign that intensified in a full-blown protest movement 2 weeks ago has seen solidarity campaigns in the USA, UK and Germany. Although Nigeria's Inspector General of Police Mohammad Abu Bakar Abamu has announced the dissolution of SARS Protests continue in different parts of Nigeria. Apart from the police unit's dissolution, Nigerian citizens have been demanding a complete reform of their police, justice for victims, and an end to all forms of police brutality. President Muhammadu Buhari has assured Nigerians that the disbandment of SARS is only the first step in their commitment to extensive police reform in a televised statement earlier this week. We got in touch with Susan, an aviator based in Lagos, who has been actively involved with the NSARS campaign and protests in Nigeria. Susan, could you tell us what SARS is and why is it important to close the police unit? So, SARS is the Special Anti-Robbery Squad. It was commissioned to curb armed robbery in 1992. Unfortunately, the unit has expanded their duties to harassing, flogging, raping, extorting and even killing Nigerian youth. SARS has become an uncontrollable killing machine. And do you think that dismantling SARS would solve the larger problem of human rights abuses being committed by police forces in Nigeria? It's heartbreaking to admit, but shutting down SARS is not enough to stop the atrocities and human rights abuses committed by the police unit. But I believe that prosecuting these men is a step in the right direction. Ultimately, we're edging for a total reform of Nigeria. 
accountability and better working conditions for the men and women of the Nigerian police force. I think to understand the impact this campaign would have for the entire continent is to first realize that Nigeria is the most populous country in Africa. If we win this fight, it sets, it sets a precedent for every other country to demand better from its leaders. It could be considered a second wave of independence even. Thank you, Susan. Talking about human rights violations, over the last few weeks, India has found itself in the news over the Uttar Pradesh State Police's handling of an alleged rape incident that has raised several fundamental questions about the right-wing nationalist Bharatiya Janata Party's rule in the country. Those who killed my daughter should be punished. Just the way we weren't allowed to take our daughter's dead body, the parents of the culprits shouldn't be allowed to see their dead bodies either. Officials asked us to take money and close the case. It's our daughter who has been killed today. Tomorrow, someone else's daughter will be killed. If such incidents continue, how will daughters survive? A family member of a 19-year-old Dalit victim stated after their daughter was cremated by police forces in the dead of night without the family being allowed to perform last rites. Uttar Pradesh is India's largest state with a population of over 20 million and is presently being ruled by the BJP under Chief Minister Yogi Adityanath, a Hindu priest who has in the past been criticized for his harsh Hindu nationalist rhetoric. In September, a 19-year-old woman from the Dalit community, one of the lowest strata of the Hindu caste hierarchy, was allegedly gang-raped by a group of men from a higher caste in Hatras, Uttar Pradesh. It wasn't long before the victim, who had suffered severe injuries to her spine, succumbed, and police swiftly cremated her remains, taking away the possibility of any other medical tests being conducted on her body. The victim's family alleged that the district administration and police authorities placed a deaf ear on their concerns. Instead, the family was allegedly confined to their house, the entire village cordoned off, curfew imposed, and media persons prevented from visiting the area. The victim's medical samples were taken almost two weeks after the incident and the police confidently ruled out rape. Recently, the state's highest judicial body, the Allahabad High Court, who took up the case Suomoto, said, Quote, the victim was at least entitled to decent cremation in accordance with her religious customs and rituals, which essentially are to be performed by her family, and held the district administration responsible for the violation of certain fundamental rights enshrined in the Indian constitution. The police did make some arrests, but they included journalists and activists. It should be mentioned here that the 19-year-old had narrated the entire ordeal in her dying statement. The court has also sought an explanation from the Yogi Adityanath government on why it had taken action against the district police chief of Hathras but not the district magistrate after the Dalit rape victim's body was cremated hastily. The court noted that the facts and circumstances of the case ex fasci reveal that the decision to cremate the victim in the night without handing over the body to the family members or seeking their consent was taken jointly by the administration at the local level and was implemented on the orders of the district magistrate. The Lucknow bench of the Allahabad High Court has also instructed officials to refrain from commenting on the investigation in public as it may lead to unnecessary speculation and confusion amongst the masses who may not be aware of niceties of law, thereby fueling emotions on both sides. Notably, in the period between 2016 and 2019, 12,985 cases of indecency and violence towards lower caste women have been registered under the country's Scheduled Castes and Tribes Prevention of Atrocities Act, according to India's National Crime Records Bureau. Moving on to some news from Europe, Germany expressed solidarity with EU partners over a gas dispute with Turkey. 
German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas said Turkey should refrain from sending gas exploration missions and causing provocation in the Mediterranean Sea. The comment came a day after Ankara sent a ship to carry out seismic surveys in the region. Turkey's actions in the East Mediterranean Sea have infuriated Greece and Cyprus, with the former asking EU to impose sanctions on Ankara for violating offshore exploration rights. That is all for today. Tune into EgoMong to stay updated on the latest happenings and their impact on global trade, technology and innovation. EgoMong helps you make sense of change. We are a global intelligence platform delivering asymmetric outcomes by bringing organizations closer to the communities they want to serve and the leaders they wish to influence. Visit our website insights.egomong.com that is i n s i g h t s . e g o m o n k . c o m to subscribe and make better and faster decisions today. If you wish to collaborate with us then please email us at contact@egomong.com. At